I'd like you to turn in your Bibles or your cell phones, probably, to John 14. This is probably one of the most misunderstood passages of Scripture. Because very often when someone quotes this passage, they think Jesus is talking about going to heaven. And Jesus is nowhere near talking about going to heaven at all. I heard a, a Baptist preacher, and I use that word loosely. He said, right now, Jesus is undergoing the greatest construction project in history that has ever taken place. He's, he's supervising the building of mansions. Now, this man was supposed to have gone to seminary school. Or was it cemetery school? Because this is not what this is a, that passage is about at all. It's about having the indwelling of the Holy Ghost and being in our Father's house. As the time drew near for Jesus to be crucified, he spoke to the disciples saying this, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Now notice Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. We know that the heart is the place where we experience emotions. And the disciples were experiencing great fear and trepidation. They were emotionally upset because Jesus in verse in, in chapter 1336, 1336, same book, Jesus told them, whether I go, thou canst not follow me, but not now, but thou shall follow me afterwards. So they, they knew he was leaving. They, and and they, they, they knew he was leaving and it was causing them fear and trepidation. They had eaten with Jesus. They had slept with Jesus. They had prayed with Jesus. They were with Jesus all the time. And now he was about to leave. And in verse 37, chapter 13, verse 37, Peter says, Lord, why cannot I not follow thee now? He was afraid. Now, he knew that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God, because he identified Jesus as such. And I'm sure that Peter and the disciples had never experienced such a real sense of calm and security when they were with Jesus. After all, he was God in the flesh. They didn't know it at the time, but they've just felt so secure and comfortable with him because he was the comforter. And this is why also they were experiencing so much anxiety because he was about to leave. So Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't allow yourselves to be emotionally upset because I'm leaving. Ye believe in God? Believe in me also. If you trust God, trust also in me. Because in trusting God, you're trusting me because I am God in the flesh. Then Jesus begins to explain in detail what he meant when he said, Whether I go, thou canst not follow me, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. He begins to explain it. In verse 2, John 14, verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, I would have told you. In other words, I'm not lying to you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again and receive you unto myself. Why, Lord, that where I am there, ye may be also. Now, Jesus says, in my father's house. Who is his father? Well, according to Matthew 118, we know that the father of Jesus is the Holy Ghost, right? The angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and said, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost, right? And that which is conceived in her was, his name was Jesus, right? So if that which was conceived in her, his name is Jesus, and she was conceived by the Holy Ghost, then the Holy Ghost is the father of Jesus. And every time Jesus says, my father, he's talking about the Holy Ghost. In this context now, he says, in my father's house. In this context, house in the Greek is okia. Okia, O-K-I-A, Okia, O-K-I-A. It means family, Okia, family. A group of people closely related by birth, marriage, or adoption. Okia, a family, a group of people closely related by birth, marriage, or adoption. Thus, when Jesus says, my father's house, he's referring to a group closely related by birth, marriage or adoption that are that form the family of the Holy Ghost. And he says in this family are many mansions and he's not talking about a a 9000 square foot house with six bathrooms and and eight bedrooms. That's not what he's talking about at all. It's a dwelling place. That's true. But in the Greek mansion is Mone. M-O-N-E, Mone, M-O-N-E. It is a permanent dwelling place. It is an abode, an abode where one stays. And in verse 23, Jesus refers back to this dwelling place as an abode. So let's go to verse 18 to understand the context of abode. Verse 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. Is that what it says? I will come to you. This is what he meant in verse two when he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Jesus is very consistent. Then verse 19, he says, yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, ye shall know that I am in the father and ye in me and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Is that what it says? Judith said of him, not, not, not Iscariot, not the one who betrayed him. Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Abode in this context is Monet, the same as mansion, which Jesus says in my father's house are many. And we understand that Jesus is saying in the family of the Holy Ghost, 
are many spiritual dwelling places, many permanent places to stay where he dwells with the sanctified soul. He says, I will make my abode with you. We will have a mono, mono, mone, from which we get the word mono, and we'll have a mono on mono relationship. And there's enough room in my family and in my house for me to have a mono on mono relationship with every soul that is born of the water and born of the spirit. And so this is the abode where he manifests himself to the soul as the Holy Ghost. And in the family of the Holy Ghost are, as I said, many mansions, many abodes, many dwelling places. That's why the Bible says the dead in Christ. We are in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature because he's in Christ. He's in the family of the Holy Ghost. He's in in the house of the Lord. Making sense to you. Notice in verse 36, uh, 13, 36, though. Jesus says, you can't follow me now, but afterwards you'll follow me. That's verse 13, 36, chapter 13, verse 36. He says, after what? After he goes to prepare this abode. And when he comes back, he says, I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you will be also. Now, we can't help but wonder, what does Jesus mean when he says, I'm going to prepare a place? And what does he mean when he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself? And where is this place he's preparing? And how will he come again and receive his disciples unto himself? Is Jesus talking about dwelling in the new Jerusalem? Is Jesus talking about the return, his return at the catching away of the saints when the dead in Christ shall rise? Is Jesus talking about when all born again believers shall be changed from mortal to immortal, from corruption to incorruption? No, he's not talking about any of that. On the contrary, he's talking about preparing the spiritual dwelling place for souls to dwell with the father. The dwelling place of the righteous ones. The safe and secure dwelling place of sanctified souls. And Jesus says, at that day, ye will know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He says, that day. What day? The day when the place he has prepared is available. The day when he will come again and receive souls unto himself. The day when souls will be able to understand that he is the father and he has made his abode available to those that love him. You follow me so far? Jesus says, at that day, souls will dwell with me in the abode that I have prepared for them. Well, how would Jesus prepare this 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 place? How? Because he said, I'm going, but I'll be back. But how was he going to prepare? crucifixion on the cross his flesh would be broken for the sins and iniquities that separate souls from him on the cross his soul would be poured out unto death 
for the redemption of many. On the cross, he was a, he who was without sin would become obedient to death so that sinners could become the righteousness of God in him. On the cross, Jesus would make it possible to, for sinners to dwell in his father's house. By the work of the cross, Jesus would make it possible for members to become, of, sinners to become members of the holy family of God. The members of the family of the Holy Ghost. On the cross, Jesus would prepare the abode where those who love him would be there with him in eternal fellowship and with the father because he is the father. Jesus told the disciples that he would prepare this place for them. However, to enter the father's house, there are some qualifications because they were still in their sins. Their souls were still held in the spirit of bondage. They were still under the curse of their father, Adam. Earlier in John 3, 6, John 3, 6, the disciples heard Jesus when he told Nicodemus how to get into the kingdom and become a member of the family. Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the uh, the family of the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is the monad with the Holy Ghost. Nicodemus says unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter my father's house, the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Known the spirit is a capital S, isn't it? That means it's got to be born of the Holy Ghost. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But thou canst tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So it is everyone that is born of the spirit. So Jesus tells us now and tells them to enter my father's house. One must be born into it, not by physical birth, but by spiritual birth. One must be born of the water and born of the spirit. Now, although later Jesus told the disciples that he would go to prepare a place for them in the family, they couldn't just join the family that they would be have to receive a legal right to be in the family. They couldn't just join the family. They had to receive the legal right to be in the family, which means they were born of the flesh, which means they had no legal right to be in his father's house. Therefore, in order to be in the father's house, they would have to be born again. In other words, they would have to be legally adopted into the family by the spirit of the father. So what this means is that not only is the Holy Ghost the father, he's also the spirit of adoption. Paul talks about in Romans 8.15. Romans 8.15. He says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. Are you there with me? Notice spirit is capitalized, isn't it? Talking about the adoption of the Holy Ghost. Wherein we cry, Abba, Father. 
the spirit, the Holy Ghost, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So every human soul born into the is born into the spirit of bondage. We all come into this world in the spirit of bondage. Jesus is that which is born of the flesh is flesh. However, because of the work of the cross, every human soul can be born again. Everybody can be born again. Everybody can receive the spirit of adoption and everybody can be a child of God. Going, just going to church does not make you a child of God. Jesus says you must be born of the water and you must be born of the spirit or you cannot enter my father's house. What does he mean by being born of the water? You've got to go down in the waters of baptism for the remission of your sins and you got to go down in the name of Jesus. Why the name of Jesus? Because it was Jesus they whipped all night long. It was Jesus who carried the cross. It was Jesus they nailed to the cross. It was Jesus whose blood... Uh, 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 came streaming down. It was Jesus who hung his head and died. It was Jesus whom they buried. It was Jesus who rose on the third day. It was Jesus who uh, uh, ascended into heaven. And it was Jesus who died to save us. So that's why you got to go down in the name of Jesus because there's no other name given among men whereby we can be saved except the name of Jesus. Jesus is the name of the Father. Jesus is the name of the Son. And Jesus is the name of the Holy Ghost. And that's why he said they got to be baptized in my name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus is not the second person of the Trinity. There is no Trinity. In John 14, he tells them, you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Philip says, show us the Father. Jesus says, show you the Father. You're looking at the Father. And we know from Jesus' conception that the Holy Ghost is the Father. Yet 99.9% of them so-called religious folks believe that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity and the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. There's no such thing. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It was invented by a, 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 a heretic. And 99% of the folks, so-called folks in Christianity, believe this nonsense. And when we tell them it's Jesus, they say, oh, them Jesus only folks. And I just proved it. Yes, we are Jesus only. Who else is there? Y'all Jesus only. But you say, but you try to do stuff in his name. And he's going to let you know about that too. Because the day is going to come when you go say, Lord, didn't we heal in your name? Didn't we collect money in your name? Jesus is going to say, get away from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. You were in that pulpit talking all that nonsense. I never knew you. You were a worker of iniquity. So notice he says now, the spirit, the holy soul of God bears witness with our spirits, with our souls that we are the children of God. In this context, to bear witness means this. To bear witness means to authentically testify. To bear witness means to affirmatively declare. Thus the Father, the Holy Ghost, authentically testifies and affirmatively declares that every soul born of the water and every soul born of the Spirit shall receive the Spirit of adoption. 
And when a soul receives the spirit of adoption, it becomes the adopted child of the Holy Ghost. You got to be born out of this world and you got to be born into the household of faith. It means that the child is no longer under the curse of its first father, Adam. The adopted child of the Holy Ghost now has the legal right to refer to him as Abba, Father. This is the same reference Jesus made in Mark 14, 36. You don't have to go there. Mark 14, 36, when Jesus, it was time for him to go to prepare a place for the disciples. Jesus says this, and he said, Abba, Father. All things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Well, since he was talking to the father, that was his flesh. Talking to the Holy Ghost in him. Because his flesh did not want to go to the cross. Have you ever talked to yourself? Have you? Have you? Well, that's what Jesus was doing. He was talking to himself and it had to be recorded so that somebody could understand it. So Jesus refers to the Holy Ghost now as Abba, Father. Abba, A-B-B-A, is a Greek transliteration of the Aramaic word meaning my. Abba means my. Jesus says in Abba's father's house are many mansions. In my father's house are many mansions. Therefore, when a soul is born again, when the soul receives the spirit of adoption, it now has the legal right to refer to the Holy Ghost as my father. Galatians 4.1, Galatians 4.1, Galatians 4.1. Paul explains it very well. Is this making sense to you? Yes. Now I say, that's Galatians 4.1. Now I say, is that the way it begins? Yes. That the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive what? The adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has set forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Notice again, spirit is capitalized. The spirit of his son into your hearts crying what? Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So Paul says, according to the ways of the world, a child who stands to receive an inheritance is no different than a servant held in bondage by the managers of the household. Although eventually that child will grow up and be lord over that house. That's the analogy he's giving. Likewise, the Holy Ghost incarnated his spirit into a body to free every soul held in bondage by the lineage of their father, Adam, and the curse of sin. 
Notice Paul says when when a soul receives the spirit of adoption, it means God has joined his being with the being of the adopted soul. Notice Paul says when the soul receives the spirit of adoption, God has joined his being with the being of the adopted soul. That's Jesus talking about. We will have a Monet with him. We will have a one to one relationship with him because now he has already prepared the place. And now you can be adopted into the household of faith. And now you can be in his father's house. That's why he says, if a man loved me, he will keep my words. What words? He'll be born of the water and born of the spirit. And my father will love him and we will come and make our abode with him. So once you're born of the water and born of the spirit, you now are in an abode with the father. You have now been adopted by the father. You are no longer under the curse of Adam. You are now under the righteousness and of the holy of under the holy shadowing of the Holy Ghost. Paul explains, he says, God has sent forth his spirit to dwell in the spirit of his adopted sons. That's when you receive the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. How does that happen? Once you come out of that water and if they dried you off, you come in and you sit in a sanctuary and you start saying hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You start saying thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. And you just open yourself up and you release yourself to the Spirit of God and you begin, you, you begin, your lips begin to stammer and your lips begin to stammer and you can't call, you can't control yourself and you feel something coming over you. And then all of a sudden you begin to hear your mouth speaking the Holy Ghost's words. He's speaking his words with your mouth. And then you know you are in the household of faith. And once he's in you, he will never leave you. Once he is, you're his son, he will never ever leave you. Hallelujah. And there's no other way to get the Holy Ghost except by speaking in tongues. Because if you don't speak in tongues, you have not got the Holy Ghost. Why? Because that is the evidence that he is in you. That's the earnest of our expectation. That's the proof to you that you are saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And once he saves you, he won't take his spirit from you. You cannot backslide because he saves you. He saves your soul. He don't save your flesh. Your flesh is a lost cause. He saves your soul. And there's no other way except Acts 2.38. Period. End of story. Mm. God has set forth his spirit to dwell with the spirit of his adopted sons who are now heirs of him through Christ Jesus and with Christ Jesus because we are also heirs with Christ. Therefore, every soul born of the water and born of the spirit is a child of God. Every soul born of the water and of the spirit receives the spirit of adoption. Every soul born of the water and born of the spirit has an abode with the father. Every soul born of the water and born of the spirit is an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Every soul born of the water and born of the spirit is now in the community of Christ Jesus. They are in the common unity with him. We are in common unity with Christ Jesus. We are in common unity with God. And just as he promised, where he is, we are also. And where he, uh, we are, he is also. Mm. And just as Jesus referred to the Holy Ghost as my father, every soul born of the water and of the spirit has the legal right to call the Holy Ghost my father. 
So what this means then is that Jesus' father is also my father. My father is no longer Adam. My father is the Holy Ghost. And his name is Jesus. And I, I can actually even call my father by his first name. He, we, we, we've got it that way. I can call him Jesus. He's my heavenly father. He's my holy father who loved me and gave himself for me. He's my holy father who went to the cross to prepare a place for me so that where I am, there he is also. And then my father made a promise in John 3.18. My holy father made a promise in John 3.18. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Well, in the Greek, comfortless is orphanos. O-R-P-H-A-N-O-S. Orphanos. From which we get the word orphan. One who is without a parent. Thus Jesus says, I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you and I will be your father. And then in verse 26, same chapter, verse 26, he says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So if the comfortless means to be, or, be, to be orphaned, then the comforter is the one who fathers the orphan. Right? I'll say that again. If comfortless means to be orphaned, then the comforter is the one who fathers the orphan. Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. But then he says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So if Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you, and the Holy Ghost is the comforter, then the I of which Jesus speaks is himself. The Holy Ghost in the flesh. Thus together we can say that Jesus is the name of our comforter. Jesus is the name of our father. And right now, although we are in this world, Sister Cooper, we are not of this world. We are in our father's house. We are in eternal relationship with our father. We are in the family of the Holy Ghost. We are in common union with him. His spirit authentically testifies and affirmly declares that we are his spirit. We have his spirit and that we are his children. Our souls are in the many dwelling places he has prepared for us. And in my father's house, there's an infinite number of available dwelling places. And he never raises the rent. And there's room enough. There's room enough. For everybody. There is room enough. For everybody. Jesus told the disciples. After this manner. Therefore pray ye. Our. Father. Which art in heaven. Hallowed be. Thy name. What's the name of the Father. His name is Jesus. And the name of Jesus is Holy. So the Holy Ghost is our Father. Because the Holy Ghost is His Father also. Let me tell you a little bit about my Father's our, our Father's house. In our Father's house, not some, 
But all of our needs are met. Why? Because our father knows our needs before we ask. In our father's house, the enemy cannot touch us. In our father's house, we have refuge. Our father's house is a strong tower. In our father's house, the righteous run in and we are safe. In my father's house, our souls are free from sin. In my father's house, we walk by faith and not by sight. In our father's house, we have a true relationship with him. In our father's house, sin has lost its sting and death has lost its grip. In our father's house, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. In our father's house, there is no fear. In our father's house, we have no worries. In our father's house, we have love. In our father's house, we have peace. In our father's house, we have unspeakable joy. Hallelujah. 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 Our father's house is the place that Jesus prepared for us. Prepared for to us. Why? Because we repented of our sins. We were baptized in the name of our father and we received the adoption of our father. We received the adoption of the Holy Ghost. And we can call him my father. He's my father. He's my father. He's your father. He's the father that loved us. He's the father that suffered, bled, and died for us. He's the father that will never leave us or forsake us. He's the father that is there when we need him. He said, all you got to do is call me. I will be there with you in trouble because you know my name. I will be your refuge. I will be your strength. I will be your peace. I will be your joy. I will be your father. And I will never ever leave you. Hallelujah. Our father's house is where our souls will rest until that cosmic alarm clock goes off and he calls us to rise from the grave and be in eternal fellowship with him. Because that's what our father wanted. So whether we are alive in this world or resting in our graves awaiting his call, we are in our father's house. Let's give the Lord some praise. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Father. We thank you for that word, Lord. Your word is spirit. Your word is life. Your word is meat and drink to our souls. And we thank you, Father, that we stand here in readiness of your glorious appearing. Mm. When the culmination of all things that you planned shall come into fruition. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we have the legal right to call you our Father. In Jesus' name. Anyone in need of prayer this morning? Anyone in need of prayer? All right. Any questions or comments?